Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, that's the way tire buying should be. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the beautiful, sunny city of Angels, where we, like you, are waiting for tomorrow night's NBA Finals Game 3. Are we going to have a series? Are we going to have a possible sweep? Stay tuned. In the meantime, LeBron's talking about it. Steph's talking about it. Every radio show I've heard is talking about it. NFL players, NBA players are talking about it, and we are going to talk about it as well. I don't I don't really enjoy it's like, look, I was driving in today and I was thinking, damn it, I'm gonna have to talk about flag kneeling, kneeling for flag in the national anthem again. Right? Like, oh, oh. And then I caught my breath and I started to realize something. I could be talking about T.O. going on our TV network saying he wants to make a comeback. Even less in, less enjoyable. Uh, no, I'm not going to talk about a ton about T.O. Do you know why? 
because no one wanted T.O. when he was uh, 10 years ago. Coming off an ACL when he couldn't catch and he struggled to get along with people. All right? So 10 years later, when he gets into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I'm not biting into that apple. No thanks. Instead, I'll bite into the Trump thing. So uh, the President of the United States... I believe you know who, is, who he is, right? President of the United States, who, uh, I mean, if, if you want to know how ridiculous Twitter is, do you know how many followers he has on Twitter? 52 million. That's crazy. 52 million. Uh, 52 million people. So anyway... Um, he has uninvited the Philadelphia Eagles. Quote, the Philadelphia Eagles, from his uh, Twitter account, Philadelphia Eagles football team was invited to the White House. Unfortunately, only a small number of players decided to come. We canceled the event. Uh, staying in the locker room for our national anthem is, a dis- is, is as disrespectful to our country as kneeling. Sorry. He goes on. Um, after a crooked Hillary tweet, um, we have had many championship teams recently at the White House, including the Cubs, the Astros, the Penguins, the Pats, Alabama and Clemson national champions, and many others. National anthem and more great music today at 3 p.m. <laughs> so here's my assessment of it. I'm going to tell you right now, I think Trump won the anthem thing when it was going away, people weren't talking about it. Fewer teams were having players kneel. Kaepernick wasn't in the national football league. And he, he said, you know, I'd fire those SOBs. And of course it re-engaged players. Now they started kneeling because of what Trump said instead of what they originally standing for. And it became, as he pointed out to NFL owners, a winning topic for him is a winner for him. And it was it was one of those to where NFL owners are in a no win situation, right? Like, look, if you allow players to continue to kneel, there's a portion of your fans that believe it's disrespectful and will drive them away. And in a business in which you the, the customer is and like any business, the customer is always right. You need both sides to show up and watch football. On the other hand. If he they, if they took a hard and fast stance, yeah, you you make labor unhappy. You make labor unhappy. And so, um, in an effort to kind of put it all to bed, they came up with the anthem policy, which oh yeah, by the way, mirrors the policy of the NBA. And yes, last week, sure, we talked about it some. At that point, Trump had won. He had absolutely won. He was the Atlanta Falcons, 28 to 3. And you know what he did? The same damn thing that the Falcons did. Need I remind you of Julio Jones' catch when they're up 28 to 3? Still, for my money and anybody who has a brain, the greatest catch in the history of the Super Bowl. He, he makes the type of catch that I don't, you couldn't replicate 
if you tried a thousand times over. And he did it live and in a television set in front of the entire world to see. Had the Falcons at that point just taken a knee, three straight plays. Not even run the football. Take a knee, three straight plays. Kick a field goal. Go up 31-3. to That is that. But they didn't. They did. And if you ask the Falcons, hey, man, this is how we were all year. We did what we always do. We just kept playing. How'd that work out for you? This is, in fact, what Trump always does. Mike, look, let's get down to it. The guy couldn't even enjoy the fact that he had the greatest upset in the history of modern politics. You can frame the Trump presidency however you'd like. The reality of it is 50 years from now, they'll talk about a lot of the other stuff Trump did. The power of social media, the power of, of Facebook, the power of foreign influencers and the potential to influence. But the, the truth is that the guy upset 15 establishment Republicans and then took down the Clintons and won an election. I mean, it was stunning. It was an upset, but he couldn't enjoy that. He had the win. But then he got caught up in the size. No, no, not that size. He got caught up in that as well. The size of the, uh, the, the crowd at his inauguration. Like, look, I'd like to think if I win the presidency of the United States, especially after taking down 15 establishment Republicans and the Clintons, I'm just like, yo, dude, don't care. I won. Don't care. Which is exactly how he should have played this football thing. Five guys show up. Three guys show up. Nobody shows up. You don't even have to take the high road. You can take the, we invited them. They were too soft. They're too caught up in their politics. This is the White House. We conduct business on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They didn't want to show up. I'm still the president of the United States. But he can't. He's doing Everything he's always done. But this is a loss for him. This is a loss for him because he became cancel the party that no one wanted to show up to guy. Right. Cancel the party that no one wanted to show up to. And by the way, this is where it's obvious that he's not a real parent to his son, because if he did, all he had to say was my kid was sick. That's the best way to cancel a party. Uh, sorry, you know, we'd love to have you guys over, but kid was sick. And nobody like, oh, kid's like, oh, well, we're not coming, you know, because nobody, because that means my kids get sick. That means I get sick. That means our whole house is sick. Like, oh, gosh, no way. I honestly believe that the president had a win. He had 10, he had, he had two tens and he just split them. He got greedy. He had a winning hand. He was the Atlanta Falcons, 28-3. to You know, the owners, they don't like him, but they understand his power, and they understand that they have to try and make all of their customers happy, plus they have their players and that unhappiness. And, you know, the players aren't happy with the rule, but ah, at least the rule mirrors the NBA. And we didn't go to you, but we did have a sit-down with you, and all is good. Eventually, you get worked out. But the truth is the owners knew that they they couldn't fight the Trump thing. The players know that he's still the president. He was was winning. It was over. Kaepernick's not in the league. 
Nobody's kneeling again. It's over. And instead of enjoying the victory, okay, taking down the NFL, remember, a league that he tried to buy into, a league that said, hey, can't buy the bills. We don't want you. Remember that? In an effort to settle old scores, much like he has done previously, he, like the Falcons, this is who I am. This is how we got here. He continued to try and win the exact same way. Which sounds great, but as we saw with the Falcons, you got to protect the lead. You got to play smart. Take the W. At the end of the day, no one cares if, you know, you go into a prevent, you go into your shell, you take a knee every time you get the foot. That it's not the it's not the 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 machismo the masculine way to win. Yeah, he's Deshaun Jackson. Right? What's Deshaun Jackson famous for? Possibly being a gangster. Okay. Making ridiculous plays, but more than anything, Deshaun Jackson, not being a gangster, surrounding himself with gangbangers and getting himself run out of several spots. Deshaun Jackson is most famous for dropping the ball before he goes in the end zone. It was over. He had won. But life, or at least uh, politics, are a lot like baseball. There's no real time limit on this thing. Fascinating day today. Uh, by the way, do we have do we have what LeBron said? He was he was asked at his press conference about it. He basically said, "Hey, look, I don't think either of these teams are going anyway." Uh, Steve Kerr, who obviously has great disdain for Trump, says like this is what he does. He's trying to divide us. We'll get back to normalcy in three years. Steph Curry is is kind of agreed with what LeBron said. I think the NFL has has NBA has positioned themselves on the opposite side of Trump. But but um, I I really believe this that this was a this was a winner for him. It was an unfightable fight for the NFL and for the NFL's players, and it just became a loser for Trump. Here's LeBron. I actually just found out about it when I was walking up to the podium. I ain't really digested enough, but um, it's typical of him. I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, I mean, I know no matter who wins this series, no one's. No one wants to invite anyway, so it won't be Golden State or Cleveland going. See, I've, I've long said that, uh, honestly, I would go even if I was an anti-Trump guy. Like, I would go because I would go because it would be my only chance to have a legit conversation with him. Whether or not anything is gained from it, and I understand that people will say, well, you know, now you're, you're legitimizing. Yeah, he's already been legitimized. He's the president of the United States. You're never going to get an opportunity to have a one-on-one discussion with him. And LeBron James would. Or any of those Eagles would. But when you cancel, it's better off to make them no-show. Make their no-show the story, not you canceling the party the story. I think he took the L today. The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. 
We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. FoundationNetFarmers.com. We are farmers. How competitive will game three be? Cavs going to lay down? Or are we going to see a fight? We'll ask a guy who's won a couple NBA titles. Matt Bonner, Red Mamba, joining us next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. But first, using True Car, you can easily find the car that you want. With True Price from True Car, you can Easily avoid the confusion you encounter online by getting a great price you can count on before you ever visit a dealership. The true price includes all dealer fees and accessories. True Car will show you what other people in your area pay for the car you want. Now you know what a fair price is, so you'll feel confident. And the True Car certified dealer knows all this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. There are over 3 million cars that have been sold to True Car users via the True Car certified dealer network. There are over 15,000 True Car certified dealers nationwide. They're everywhere, everywhere. And on average, True Car users save 3,000 off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car and you want the best price and you want a good gauge for comps, who's paying what for the same car you want, visit True Car, check out their true price. You're going to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features now available in all states. Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer was built to save you time and money by allowing you to compare multiple quote options all online. So head to Progressive.com today and see if you can save. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Great. Uh, let's catch up with an FOD, a friend of Doug, a guy who, um, uh, well, his team uh, eliminated me from college, right? his Florida Gator team in 2000. He went on to win two NBA titles. I went on to do this. He's the Red Mamba. He's Matt Bonner. Uh, he's a Spurs analyst now. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Um, okay, let's. Uh, you watched both of these games. I thought I knew Game One was going to be a tough one. There's a lot of people freaking out about the overturn of the block charge call, but there was so much more that took place. As a guy who's played in these games that are of this much importance. What are your thoughts on how game one went down? Well, I agree with you. Well, first of all, how you doing, Doug? I'm good, man. Thanks good to catch up. Yeah, yeah. Get our, get our pleasantries out of the way. By the way, yeah, uh, just a side note before you do that, uh, I will be in New Hampshire in like two yeah. weeks. Uh, North Conway. I don't know. Where, where in New Hampshire are you from? Are you from down closer to Massachusetts? Is that where you're from? Yeah, yeah, I'm from Concord, New Hampshire, but North Conway is an awesome town. It's like a vacation touristy town, tons of ski mountains, which doesn't help you in the summer, but great hiking. There's an awesome, uh, I don't know if you have children. I do. But there, there's an awesome uh, amu- old school yep. mom and pop amusement park called Storyland. Yep, they've right been there in North Conway. Yeah, they, they, do a, they do a summer camp over in Freiburg, and so okay. we, we go, we drop them off, and then we go, go hang and do a little hiking, a little rediscovering nature. So uh, off air, I, I may get a couple of spots to hit in New, ha- in New Hampshire and uh, we'll figure oh, some stuff out. For sure. For oh. show. All right. Show. All right. Let's get to like, uh, game one. Go. Okay. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, everyone talks about in the playoffs, how, how important every single possession is, you know, one, one mistake here, one missed shot there can, can basically mean the difference between winning and losing. And we saw that there was just a comedy of errors and mishaps by the Cavs down this stretch, where if one of those factors changes, they win the game. Um, you can go right down the line. Obviously, the block charge call. You know, Kevin Love's foul on the end one with Steph Curry. 
George Hill missing the free throw. The refs missing the lane violation on the second free throw. J.R. Smith uh, not going back up with it and dribbling it out. Everybody on the Cavs who could have called a timeout when they saw J.R. Smith dribbling the ball out to give them time for a game-winning shot. It, it, it is a tough pill to swallow, losing game one in that fashion for sure. Okay, this, is just, uh, this just came to me, okay? So I know you've seen the video of LeBron and the bench after the J.R. Smith play, right? Where LeBron, no one's talking to anyone. And then, you know, LeBron asked Ty Lue about timeouts. He's like, yeah, we had a timeout. And then LeBron kind of loses it, and there's there's no engagement. That game was over. Take me back to when you guys lost to the Heat. It was game six, and yes. you guys missed free throws. Ray Allen hits a corner three. It goes to overtime. Do you remember what that huddle was like? Everybody was just beyond devastated. That I mean, to me, that loss has to go down as one of the toughest losses ever. I, I remember sitting on the bench, and they had our friends and family all behind us, ready to go on the court for the trophy presentation. The Larry O'Brien Trophy was, you know, just to the left of our bench in the tunnel, getting ready to be carted onto the court. They had security come down and roped everything off, to keep the fans off. I mean, it was it was literally in our pocket. The NBA championship, what you work for your whole life and all season, and then bam, it, you know, all those things went wrong that you alluded to, and and we lost, and then we ended up losing in Game Seven. But I, I think probably most people expected us to just get blown out by forty in Game Seven because just mentally trying to come back from such a tough loss and everybody being so devastated. But, you know, what, what Coach Pop did, you know, he really gets the big picture of team dynamics. I remember we all, the whole team went out to dinner and just kind of grieved it out together, I guess. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. Um, and, and then Coach Pop did a great job leadership perspective-wise so that, you know, you can feel bad for yourself today, but starting tomorrow morning, you know, we got to refill the cup and, you're ready to go. We still have another opportunity to win. You always hear LeBron say, you know, be better tomorrow, that kind of thing. So, uh, didn't work though. I just don't want to point that out. Like, yeah, I mean, didn't yeah, everybody, everybody came together. We came out in game seven and we're down two with under a minute left, you know, gave ourselves a chance to, to win on their court. Um, and then the following year, obviously we use that as fodder and motivation to come back and, and win the championship. But, I know what it's like to lose a game in, in such devastating fashion in the finals. And, and mentally it is difficult to come back from, but that's why team chemistry and being able to trust each other on and off the court comes into play so that you can come back from it. And, and I, you know, I thought in game two, the Cavs gave a good effort. You know, they could have easily lied down and just gotten blown out, but you know, they gave themselves, I thought they gave themselves a, Pretty good chance for most of the game. Obviously, Steph Curry hitting nine threes doesn't help your chances. Um, you you saw this team up close, of course. They were they're without Steph uh, in that in that early series, and you know Durant was was incredible, right? I mean, just he showed his true skill. There's been a lot of discussion. I mean, like, look, those of us who played understand that all the pieces are important, and one of the reasons that the, the Warriors have looked fallible is. Iguodala, who can guard everybody and can make just enough plays to keep you honest, him not playing makes them makes them a little bit more beatable than they have been. But but how do you view the importance of Durant 
versus the importance of Curry. It, it feels like Curry, you know, delivers those knockout blows with the threes, but I'm not sure they're as as important if you don't have, you know, the steady diet of of twos and occasional threes and the ability to just go get a bucket that you have with Durant. And Durant can be, he's not always, but can be so much more effective at the defensive end. How do you view, the uh, uh, as a player and now an analyst, the balance between the two? Well, I totally agree with everything you just said. I think it's Durant's consistency in all-around offensive game that allows you know, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson to, when they get hot and hit two or three threes in a row, bam, you go from a five-point game to a 15-point game to a 25-point game. The Warriors are one of those teams where you literally can't relax for a minute because in one minute that could be the difference between having a chance to win or, or losing by 20. Uh, Durant can get his shot off anywhere, anytime. He, he has the ultimate all-round game. He can handle the ball. He can bring it up. He can post up. He can drive. He can shoot threes. He can shoot pull-ups. He's seven feet tall. He's long. If you ever need a, a play or, or your offense is in stagnation, you can throw Durant the ball and say go, and he's going to probably get a bucket for you. And that's an amazing luxury to have on a team that already had won championships and set records before he even uh, joined the roster. Matt Bonner joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show, an analyst for the Spurs Radio Network. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports. Excuse me, TV analyst. He joins us on uh, Fox Sports Radio. Of course, two-time NBA champion as well, playing in a Final Four team for the Florida Gators, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, I when When I watch your Spurs teams play against LeBron in the finals, what I distinctively remembered was you guys, I don't want to say you dared him to shoot, but you dared him to shoot, right? Kept him shooting kind of those mid-range jump shots, made him kind of think about it. And look, there were times, the Game 7, for example, we just discussed, he made him, but many other times he did not. He has a tendency to kind of think about his jump shot a little bit too much, more so than some of the other great players we've seen. Has he broken out of that from your perspective, or is he, does, he still, uh, does he still think too much about his jump shot? Uh, I think he's a much better shooter now, later in his career, than back in 13 and 14 when we played him. He, he uh, seems to have a, a better balance and understanding of when to drive and, and when to shoot it. I think his percentages, especially in the playoffs, have reflected that as far as efficiency. For sure, when we played him, you know, it was, what does LeBron do best? Well, he's a freak athlete. He's incredibly strong. He's a freight train when he gets going, especially going right. We want to do everything we can to take that away from him and make him beat us with the perceived weakness of, of his shooting. And, and if he does, if he makes shots, you know, you shake his hand, you tip your cap, and you go to dinner, as Coach Pop likes to say. Uh, but we don't want him beating us in the paint to the rim using his superior strength and athleticism. Um, you know, now it's, I, I think he's made enough jumpers to, where you have to play him a little bit more honest yep. in that regard. Um, but that being said, it, it's – incredible the the workload that guy has taken on throughout these playoffs he, he literally plays every single minute um almost every offensive possession is run through him you know pick and roll get 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 a switch so 
he has an advantage, and then he's going to create for for someone. I, I have no idea how he does it. Um, I, I thought Kerr did a masterful job making adjustments in Game Two. Obviously, using Javale McGee, uh, using Livingston yeah, a little I bit. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you, yeah, yep. and and it gave them a different look. Gave him a rim, some some protection at the rim, um, and gave him somebody who can finish better. Looney's just not not the finisher that he is. Doesn't dunk everything yet. Um, a, a yeah, dis- I, go ahead. I mean, just to that point, I agree with you on the McGee thing. If if, if McGee can execute uh, offensively and defensively, so he can stay on the court without getting into foul trouble, he's one of those guys where. Normally, that if that's a loony or someone, that guy can really help out. Um, but with McGee, you take one or two steps, they, they put it right to the rim, and it's, it's two points on the alley-oop. It's a huge uh, advantage if he can stay on the court. Yeah, and then and then he there were times in which they, they doubled LeBron kind of early. They picked him up earlier because in game one, they, they kind of dared him to shoot, and he got it going, and he had a rhythm, and they couldn't get him out of the rhythm, whereas it felt like they tried to disrupt his rhythm. They doubled him a little bit, made other guys make plays, and this team just isn't constructed that way. This team, this Cavaliers team, is built with shooters all around the ultimate playmaker in LeBron, and those guys didn't make plays. That, that, that an accurate assessment of, of some of the, you know, if, if we were to give a listener uh, an evaluation of the adjustments that he made? Yeah, this Warriors team... They're, they're in their fourth state straight finals. They've won two championships. Really should have won all three. They, they uh, blew a 3-1 lead. Draymond Green obviously got suspended. We know that whole story. If you want to beat a team as talented and well-coached as the Warriors, LeBron needs his teammates to be able to step up and make plays, especially if, if Steve Kerr is going to put even more attention on LeBron with earlier double teams and trapping them out of pick and rolls and that kind of stuff. One thing I think we've seen with the Cavs is those those role players tend to, and I think this is true across the sport, role players tend to play better at home. Sure. So it'll be interesting to see if they can step up and make some shots and get some momentum here in game three, uh, get a win, and then see what happens going, going to game four and moving forward. But for sure, if, if Steve Kerr is going to be more aggressive with those adjustments, LeBron needs his teammates to step up. Um, this is kind of an outside-the-box question. Matt Bonner joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. It felt like Tim Duncan retired at just the right moment, right? Because I, I don't know how he operates in that Houston, Houston Golden State series. Like, it's a, whether, whether you want to argue he's the greatest, he's a power forward or center, whatever, like, it just his position has kind of been eliminated because of how he plays. Do you think that Tim Duncan, if he was... Tim Duncan now in his prime would be what he was in his prime. I think so. And I think as long as there is still a five man or a center on the court, Tim Duncan would thrive. You look at the Houston team, as long as Capella's on the court, I mean, if they put Ryan Anderson at the, at the five, which they do sometimes, that, that might be a tough matchup for him. But Tim's ability to play angles and, use his length and his timing on pick and rolls is, is the best I've ever seen in my entire life. So if, if you put him on a guy like Capella and you have Harden, Harden and Chris Paul coming off pick and rolls and Capella's rolling, I, I completely have full confidence that Timmy can navigate that and be able to kind of play in between, use his length, play the angles to be able to contain those pick and rolls 
with Capella diving to the hoop for those logs. Um, so, uh, I, so I, I have to disagree with you on that. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know. I just no, you know nobody scores in the post. They they let you be so physical in the post. It's really really hard. And you know with everybody playing kind of the you know playing the PPP and saying hey post ups are a point seven seven. Don't post up. Instead, face up. All these big guys shooting threes. I mean, like I I just I don't know if if uh, if those seventeen foot turnaround bank shots off the glass would be something we'd be playing for today. And he'd be covering, you know, James Harden or or LeBron James or or Steph Curry off of a ball screen nearly the way he used to because the personnel and the spacing has changed so much. Yeah, but but he wouldn't have to guard those guys off ball screens because, like I said, his ability to play angles and use his length is otherworldly. So he he'd be able to, you know, coach Pop and the way you guard those pick and rolls. He'd be able to. Uh, you know, have the guard fight fight over. I, I mean, I'm not going to get down and break break into it. Sure, like sure, coach, no question. Yeah, yeah. I, I think as long as he's guarding a, a five, like a like a roller, um, th- then he's fine defensively and and offensively. I, I mean, he was he's always kind of he's the ultimate competitor. Mm-hmm. He's he's a great passer. He, he's a team player. He's not someone who needs to get his shots to be effective on the offensive end. I think you can throw him the ball, uh, either whether it's the, the high post up at the elbows or off the block, uh, 15 to 17 feet, where he likes to face up and go middle or shoot that bank shot. And, and that's a place where you have to deal with him. And he's going to be able to make a play either for himself to score or, or make the right play for his team. Um, he's the ultimate team player. He, he doesn't care about personal glory or stats or anything. And because of that, you know, that's that's the biggest thing that made him such a great player. And, and that's, to me, timeless. Right, Obviously, how, it's fundamental. How likely are we to have a series? You know, they they got to win game three in order for us to have a series. How likely are we to have a series? I, I think unlikely. And I love the Cavs. I think it's amazing the run they've had. Um, Ron's incredible. Uh, I, I like all their role players, but... I think all season Eastern Conference is the plan for second place. If if you were a betting man, would Kawhi be wearing a Spurs jersey game one next year? Next year, I, I have no idea, and I'm not a betting man. I'm afraid to, I, I wouldn't gamble five dollars. That's that's how much of a whip I am when it comes but, to that. But 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 the, but the fact no is, idea. but the fact you didn't say absolutely does lead me to think like, okay, well maybe not, right? Like, is is that is that you wrong? You can read into it however you want. I, I honestly have. Zero clue. Hmm. Where do you think LeBron plays next year? Uh, somewhere in the Eastern Conference. Hmm. All right, man, listen. Uh, I'm going to hit you up offline. I need some New Hampshire spots because I, I do spend a little bit of time there. It is Your state is a beautiful state. I got you. A beautiful, got you. beautiful, beautiful state. Appreciate, well, you, you. appreciate you joining us. Enjoy the time with your family. Thanks for joining us. All right, anytime. Take care. My man, the Red Mamba, Matt Bonner, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find age at farmers.com. We are farmers. It's like kind of Boston meets New Hampshire accent. Let's get to Dan Beyer, find out what's going on in sports. Been keeping Dan busy. He's got a bunch of other stuff going on. What do you got, Dan? Yeah, let's stay in the Northeast. What do you know? Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski showing up for Patriots mandatory minicamp today. The Tom quarterback Brady. And Tammy. 
and the uh, tight end were missing from the OTAs but showed up to the mandatory portions that were required today. More news from the NFL. New York Giants general manager Dave Gettleman has been diagnosed with lymphoma. He's currently undergoing treatment. Some XFL news. Oliver Luck, as the father of quarterback Andrew Luck, former West Virginia AD, member of the NCAA, leaving his job with the NCAA to become the new commissioner of the XFL. At the French Open, women's side of things, Americans Madison Keys and Sloan Stevens won their quarterfinal matches and will face off in the semifinals. While men's 20th seed Novak Djokovic lost his quarterfinal match. San Francisco Giants pitcher Madison Bumgarner makes his season debut tonight against the Diamondbacks, returning from a broken finger. And finally, Delaware Governor John Carney placed the first legal sports bet in the state today, wagering 10 bucks on the Phillies, who are an underdog, as they face the Cubs at Wrigley Field tonight. So the first bet is in at $10 from the governor of Delaware, the first new state to have sports betting. Delaware has a Carney as their governor? Governor? Yes. Get it? The Carney, the yeah. double it. Yeah. Very good. My favorite Carney, John Carney, former kicker for the uh, for the Chadges. Same name, different guy. Yeah, different, yeah. different, different guy. Different, different guy. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Cars are a lot like sports. you got to have the right tools you want to go far. Luckily, AutoZone has a free loaner tool program with over 100 specialty tools to get the job done right. So stop in today. Deposit is required. Get in the zone. AutoZone. What are the chances Rodney Hood is a difference maker for the Cavs tomorrow night? I'll tell you next. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. My right, thanks to the Red Mamba. If you missed Matt Bana, Red Mamba, Pride of New Hampshire, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Download the podcast. It'll be up as soon as the show is over. In the meantime, let's get to a game. Game time! This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Cars are a lot like sports. you got to have the right tools you want to get far. Luckily, AutoZone is a free loan tool program with over 100 specialty tools to get the job done right. Stop in today. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Buyer. Dan Buyer, what do you got? Today, Doug, we have a game called... What are the chances? All right. What are the chances? Let's uh, start with the NBA Finals. What are the chances... Rodney Hood makes a big impact for the Cavs in Game 3 after head coach Ty Lue said Hood would get minutes in tomorrow's game in Cleveland. 60% chance. Fresh legs, he can switch on. Look, their problem is they could not stop the Warriors. Offense, even though they weren't making shots, their offense was fine. I was fine. They couldn't stop them. Couldn't stop them. Remember, Steph Curry was, everybody's freaking out about Steph Curry's nine threes. He was 6 of 20 while his team was shooting 70%. Everybody else... Got him to the – and then he landed the knockout blows. I think Rodney Hood makes him better defensively. I think he'll get some chance to make some shots offensively. I think 60% chance he has a substantial uh, uh, a role in tomorrow night's game. Warriors are up 2-0 and got some good news yesterday as Andre Godala was upgraded to questionable for Game 3 from his knee contusion. So, Doug, what are the chances Igadala plays for the Warriors in this NBA Finals? I'm going to say 25% chance. I, I think the Warriors want it. They'd like to make sure he's completely right. If you listen to Steve Kerr today, he, he did say, uh, look, if he can't go, game four is the plan. So hey, if it's even close, he, he will sit with them up two games to none. I'm going to go 25% chance he plays. Let's switch to uh, the diamond. How about this? What are the chances, Doug, that the Yankees boycott ESPN 
by not granting interviews or special access because they're unhappy about appearing on Sunday Night Baseball. 2% chance. Uh, by the way, ESPN and Disney um, is purchasing the Yes Network from Fox. So you're mad at yourself, right? You're, you're kicking your own ass to steal from Liar Liar. Uh, or I don't know if you're, you had a big brother, but your big brother used to be on top of you and make you punch yourself. That's essentially what the Yankees are doing. We're so mad that you're promoting our brand on national TV on a day we don't want to play because of the all-star break and a late game. 2% chance that they, they follow through with this boy. Yeah, what it ends up being is that the Yankees are playing the Blue Jays on July 8th, yep. and they want to put them on Sunday Night Baseball as a lead-in to the all-star rosters being announced. But the Yankees have a doubleheader in Baltimore the next day, so they would rather play the 1 o'clock game, get some rest to go play the doubleheader. To the Yankees' argument, Doug, they would be playing like three games in 24 hours in two different cities. And? So, but, and? And, yeah, they're still the Yankees. Um, this is my I don't care face. <laughs> what are the chances, Doug, these San Francisco Giants vault to the top of the National League West now that Madison Bumgarner returns to the rotation tonight? We've got a log jam in the NL West, and it usually is one through three. Heck, let's put the Padres in. They're on a bit of a winning streak. It's like one through five in the West Division. You think of that as a lo- I think constipation is another log jam. To be completely- Sorry about that. I just had to. But that is, this is the <laughs> well. The, well, it's funny because the Rockies have been playing like crap lately. <laughs> oh, so. And on, the Dodgers man. have played like crap most of the season until recently as well, right? Yeah. And last night off after sweeping the Rockies up in Colorado. Um, I think pretty good. You know, I don't think the Dodgers, I, I, like, Dodgers don't have Kershaw. They have Bumgarner, and the Giants are just kind of hanging around. I think pretty good chance. Right now. Uh, I'm going to say uh, uh, 45% chance that for a short period of time they'll they'll see first place. Right now the Giants have a five-game win streak. Dodgers have won their last three. Padres have won their last three. How about the Padres? Break out the Padres. They, they, they've won their last three. Only yes, four and a half games back of the uh, the Diamondbacks. And, of course, John, I want to tell you the Dodgers swept the Rockies, you know, this past weekend mentioning that. Uh, finally, Doug. Did you see Giannis Antetokounmpo's tweet yesterday? I did, about the corndogs? Yes. Uh, tweeted a picture that he had a corndog for the first time in his life yesterday. You were just talking with Matt Bonner about summer vacation. So it leads me to ask you this. What are the chances you, Doug Gottlieb, will have a corndog this summer? Uh, very small. Uh, uh, 2% chance. Hmm. 2%. I do enjoy a good corndog. But, what, I mean, like, you're combining hot dogs, which, like, it's not like they're using... That those hot dogs are like regular Oscar Mayer, who knows what's in a hot dog, breaded and fried, right? Like hot dogs enough, breaded, fried, and then, then of course, sure. sometimes you put mustard on them or salt on them as well. There's a lot going on there. I'm going to say 2%. What are the ch- oh, wait. What are the chances John Ramos has a corn dog this summer? What do you think? Is he a corn dog type of guy? 75% chance. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. I just, listen, I, I understand. I understand that um, we should not ob- always, we should not objectify women. There is a certain level, modicum of respect that should be given to all people, all sexes. But have you seen the story today where the Miss America pageant is going to eliminate the swimsuit portion of the competition? It is a beauty pageant, isn't it? By definition, we are objectifying women. They are signing up to be objectified. It is a beauty. If you don't want to be viewed in a swimsuit or, uh, you know, in the nightgown or whatever... 
you don't be judged based upon your beauty. Is that the whole story of it? No, I just I'm I'm we have got we have reached that point. We have reached the point. Now they're gonna have are they gonna have the how do you look in sweats? Which I'm actually kind of all for, to be totally honest. A beautiful woman in sweats and jammies and like a muscle shirt, right? That's a beautiful woman. Do the hey, we should do the swimsuit and portion, and then we should do no makeup, hair in a ponytail, right? Because that's what a truly beautiful woman looks good with a hat on. Maybe I'm a Neanderthal. The season has shown that the Warriors are fallible. Is this the end or only the beginning? We discuss next. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Commentated from beautiful, sunny Southern California. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you're just tuned in, you missed the Red Mamba. Matt Bonner joined us. We talked all things Spurs. We talked some LeBron. We talked some Warriors. He thinks this series is over. I do not. Ephraim Salam, my man, former offensive lineman and pro bowler, 13 years in the National Football League, give us his thoughts. We'll get his thoughts on the Eagles being uninvited to the White House, which many of them weren't going to attend anyway. Um, we'll get to that upcoming. Matt Holiday, of course, uh, former um, Silver Slugger, four-time Silver Slugger, seven-time All-Star, is going to join us next hour. We'll ask him about Otani, Bellinger, some of the other stories in Major League Baseball as well. So, star-studded affair here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, I will talk Warriors in like five minutes. I first want to mention the passing of Dwight Clark, which is just awful, awful news. Dwight Clark, um, of course, was on the receiving end of the catch, which for all the, the, the two most memorable plays in the historic run of Joe Montana's career, by my estimation, with the San Francisco 49ers. Four Super Bowls, no losses. This was in the NFC Championship game against the Dallas Cowboys at the old Candlestick Park. His catch in the end zone was one of the two. Mo- the other one was the John Taylor, re- uh, uh, the John Taylor reception against the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. And that was the drive to which they were down to the Bengals, led by Boomer Esiason, and Montana famously came into the huddle and saw John Candy, another guy who we've lost, right? John Candy, famous Canadian comedian. You see Uncle Buck, other planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, John Candy and said, hey, isn't that John Candy? Of course, loosening everybody up. But the, the two most memorable plays for Joe Montana, by my estimation, I could be wrong, if you're a Niners fan out there, were the catch and John Taylor's Reception in the end zone to win the Super Bowl. But but here's, I've said this about gun violence, okay? That you can tell me all you want about how you're a responsible gun owner and how you don't think adjustments should be made to our laws. But when when a, a teenager walks in to an elementary school and kills first and second graders, if that doesn't bring you to wanting to make a change, what will? Right? That, that's been my issue. I don't want to be overreactionary towards things. Right? I don't, like sometimes I look at the, the fact we have to take off our shoes anytime we go through an airport metal detector and go like, hey, one guy ever tried to blow up a plane, which didn't work with 
the stuff in his shoes. So now we all have to take off our shoes. But it at least did something brought us to a reaction, right? To where we're like, oh, you can sneak something in your shoes. Let's make people take off their shoes. We haven't had the same visceral reaction when children were killed in their classroom. And as horrific as it is for what's happened in high schools, first and second graders, like if that doesn't bring you to wanting to make a change, I don't know what will. I don't know what will. The same happened, same thing is my reaction to Dwight Clark. How famous does a football player have to be before we go, hey man, this is really a problem. This is really a problem. I've seen the Gleason documentary. My very good friend, Boog Shambi, hosted a, a charity event um, in New York City to raise money for ALS. And I understand that Lou Gehrig's disease affects more people than just football players. But the fact is that football seems, at least based upon the numbers, like here's an incredibly rare disease. But there is a spike in this disease for people who play football. And the idea that we're not going to really take a long, hard look at the dangers of football, how old are you when you start playing football? Should you have high school football? And I love football. I played it growing up. Great for discipline. Great for little boy. Little boys are going to tackle each other regardless. Put a helmet, put his shoulder pads on them, give them some leadership. They have to work together. It takes 11 guys to run a play. Everybody has to be working. It's an ultimate team sport. It's an incredible sport. But, like, look, if it's going to give you a greater chance of brain damage, aren't you going to think twice about it? And I guess my thing is, uh, outside of Lou Gehrig in football, Dan Beyer, would you say he's he's the most famous person to contract ALS to date um, in football? Yeah, yeah. Like, Gleason is, uh, is known because he had the block punt in the Monday night football game for the Saints who went on to win the Super Bowl and because of his documentary and because the amazing his wife is incredible if you ever see if you ever seen the documentary and the amazing things they're doing in the community in uh, in New Orleans but he was I mean like he was a last guy on the roster incredible story guy Dwight Clark was a great player who made a great play on great teams like this is an uh, this is this is an absolute tragedy that he would contract such a disease and die so young can you think of can you think of anybody anybody who's bigger in football buyer? I, you have a, a a deeper no. Just the the you know the Steve Gleason bringing it to the attention, um, you know of and especially of yeah. I I I can't off the top of my head. Well, look, there's there's research. Uh, Steve Gleason, Tim Shaw, Kevin Turner, and of course, you know, there's discussions about CTE. There's discussions about ALS. And I'm not, you know, O.J. Brigance, another guy. You know, so many others have said, whether it's Alzheimer's, CTE, Parkinson's, or ALS, and the the density of numbers from former players who have played this great game and are suffering from early symptoms of these diseases is really, really scary. This isn't a war on football. This is just like, hey, at some point we got to 
be smart as a society and adjust some things. <laughs> you know, we went 50 years without saying, hey, you got to wear a seatbelt. And when we put in the seatbelt law, people are like, oh, yeah, it's my personal freedoms. You get motorcycle guys who motorcycle guys in helmet, helmet, helmet law states like, oh, my personal freedom. Yeah. You know what, though? When your brain splatters all over the highway, we got to pay to clean it up. We got to pay for your medical bills. Sorry. We're protecting you from yourself. Anyway, I'm not, I don't think it's that much to ask somebody to wear a helmet or a seatbelt, nor do we. Is it that much to ask people, hey, youth football? Is it necessary to have when they're seven, eight, nine? I played when I was seven. Maybe, maybe that's my excuse for why I say stupid stuff sometimes. I played football when I was seven years old. Not sure. All right, let's get back to sports. Um, the Golden State Warriors appear appear t- to be very close to winning another championship, right? Like, I'm not calling the series. I think game three is going to be super competitive. I do. I, look, I, I think the Cavs can win. I think the Cavs are going to be really physical. I think they're going to use some of their bench. I think you can mug up the game. I think you'll see every, you'll, every bullet in the gun will be fired from LeBron James. How many times have we seen this where LeBron, unwinnable game, shuts it down the fourth quarter as he did in Oakland, and then he loads up and has a spec. And as much as J.R. Smith has been bad, J.R. Smith has been bad first two games in Boston, hit six threes in two games in Cleveland in games three and games four. We've seen this before we have a good feeling that Cleveland can give us at least one, if not two wins in Cleveland. But there are many people who believe this could be it for Golden State. Remember, Kevin Durant's a free agent potentially at the end of the season. He can opt out of his contract. And he has said to some, I I, I took a pay cut. I don't need to take a pay cut anymore. Steph Curry's new contract continues. Thirty-seven million next year, then forty, then forty-three, then forty-five. Iguodala is still under contract. Sean Livingston still under contract. But it feels like this team is going to have a a bunch of change, and they've shown that they're vulnerable. We can say what we want. Well, they made it out of the West without Iguodala. Like, look, Houston didn't even have Chris Paul. Houston has Chris Paul at home. They didn't get home court advantage. And they nearly lost because not having that home court advantage. And Chris Paul's really good. Now, we don't know what happens with Houston, but it stands to reason that Houston will be back on some, in some form or fashion. San Antonio, this is it. They didn't have Kawhi all season long. We would think the Lakers will be better. The Timberwolves, the, the, the Portland Trailblazers are going to make a run at LeBron and somebody else. Like, there's a look, it's still the West. The Pelicans, could they get DeMarcus Cousins back? Whatever the Thunder are, there's a bunch of challengers out there. While there may not be a full frontal attack, there may not be a team as good as Houston next year. One, they might. Houston might say, hey, let's just get the band back together. We can't get LeBron. Or maybe they do get LeBron. But maybe they can't get LeBron. They're going to be – Daryl Morey has shown the ability to continue to move it around and be competitive year after year. And they took another step this year. But I actually think this is where where the Warriors are. The Warriors, I think they're a really smart organization. I think they know they're vulnerable. Nick Young's up. Jaja's up. David West's up. JaVale's up. Omri Caspi, that deal hasn't worked. He's up. Kayvon Looney's up. Patrick McCaw is up. 
And the rest of the guys are on basically minimum deals with the exception of Damian Jones, who's still collecting collecting money. The the Vanderbilt, uh, he's a second-round pick out of Vanderbilt, of course, didn't play his first year. Like, they're going to, you watch, the Golden State Warriors will remake themselves. If they're smart, they know that Iguodala getting hurt, showing his own personal vulnerability because of his age, is a sign you better get more help. They have changed from strength in numbers to Morgana top-heavy type team. Whereas this was a year to which they might have lacked the motivation, I think next year that changes some. Because the great teams of all time have won three in a row. Lakers three-peat twice, right? And then the Boston Celtics and the, the, the Bulls had two three-peat runs. And no one in modern era of sports has won four in a row. That's the nugget that's out there for the Warriors. But you cannot be this slim. You cannot have this. The margin for error is getting more slight, and I think they know it. I think they know it. If they stand pat with the top five as they have it, they will be, they, they will be taken. But I don't think, I think they're smarter than that. I just do. The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options. With our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. The the big news in sports today is the president uninviting. You go uninvited or disinvited? I go uninvited. Right? You're an uninvited guest. He uninvited the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl champions to the White House after very few of them apparently RSVP'd that they were coming. Ephraim Salam joins us upcoming next, former Pro Bowl offensive lineman. Get his thoughts on how the NFL is handling it, who wins now, who won the anthem controversy. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we'll also ask him. So it was all good in New England now that Brady and Gronk are in camp. That's upcoming next, but first, snoring's not sleeping. It's just not. You're not sleeping soundly, and no one around you is sleeping soundly. And while you may think it's funny, ah, <laughs> Funny dude, I was like snoring like log, snoring like a log, man. Just yeah, it, it's not. It's funny for like the first thirty seconds, and then how can I sleep? You're not a bear. Like people need to go to sleep. Zipa is the solution. It's comfortable. It's affordable. It's effective. It eliminates snoring. It's a revolutionary mouthpiece. That's a game changer. It's spelled Z Y P P A H dot com. So just go to Zipa dot com. When you go to bed with Zipa, you wake up with happy Z's. Matter of fact, Zipa spell is. Happy Z spelled backwards. And if you want everyone around you to be sleeping, including yourself, and especially now, we're talking the travel months, you're going to go on a family vacation or a vacay, staycay with your wife or your girlfriend. Like, you don't want to be the guy who's snoring so loud she never gets sleep because that's not, you're not sleeping on vacation. You're not enjoying yourself. You're not relaxing. Go to Zipa. That's Zipa, Z Y P P A H dot com, Zipa.com. Zipa is happy Z spelled backwards. You enter in the code SNORE66, you get free shipping. Go to Zipa.com. That's Zipa, Z-Y-P-P-A-H.com. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm, 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 mm. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Mm, 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 mm. 
Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Sports Nation has Leangelo Ball on today. Why? <laughs> Why? The only thing less interesting than LeVar Ball is Leangelo Ball. <laughs> we we got... Uh, which Jackson would he be? Would he be Tito? Tito's a good one. Tito's a yeah, good one. That's a good one. Who is the least relevant of the Jackson brothers, of the Jackson Five? Marlon's. Marlon. I, I didn't yeah. even know there was a Marlon. <laughs> I didn't even know Marlon was. If you said Marlon Jackson, I'd be like, nah, that's a made up person. <laughs> the made up person. Uh, yeah, that's he's, he's Tito. He's Tito. Anyway. Uh, longtime NFL offensive lineman Ephraim Salam. Of course, you can hear him every Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. On Fox Sports Radio. Played 13 years in the National Football League. He, here was the premise from how I started the show. So earlier today, as you know, uh, the President of the United States uninvited the Eagles to the White House. See, I actually thought he had won this thing. Right? I thought he's he was the Falcons in the Super Bowl, up 28-3. to three. He, got, he got them to change their policy. The, the protests were kind of going away. And he you know, divided the country, reinvigorated his base. He won... But by pointing out that a bunch of guys weren't coming anyway, by making it more obvious they weren't coming, instead of putting the pressure on them and them no-showing on his party, he, he made himself out to be the small one. He punched down. And that's a mistake. I think he takes the L today. What's your interpretation? That's exactly right. You know, he, he's the type of person that is the, the definition of being petty. Right? Like, petty people no matter what hand they're dealt, they always feel like they have to lash out. And you, you find him in this situation where you're right. He won. He had the NFL, who has not been a fan of Trump, throughout the history of him trying to get a team, and they would no commissioner would let him get a team, to where he had them bend to his will this year about the national anthem and the protest. And then he goes and completely just, for no reason, if it was 10 players there, that would have been a bigger statement for him opposed to, well, if you don't bring everybody, then I'm canceling it because it's that ego. He has to get rid of that ego. Well, he'll never get rid of the ego, but it's that ego. Like, I can't take a picture with just 10 players and, you know, 43 other players decide not to come. He, he just his, his ego wouldn't allow him to take that hit. And with that, he took a bigger L. What do NFL players do week one of the season? Um, I pray to God that they all kneel. God, that would just send a huge message. That would, or that would that house of cards would come come crumbling down. What, what's it like? It, the, what, what's it like though? If you're if you you don't want like is there is there a way? Because last year you know you had some guys kneel, but you had plenty of guys that didn't, and it didn't seem to fracture teams. Does it? Be, right. Does it? Does it become a fracturing moment? if you don't support your teammates who kneel this year? Well, now, because now it's, the narrative has changed again. So now it's about us against them. So when Trump came out with the SOB comment, the owners led us to believe that they were with us, right? That they were with the players. We're going to unify. You guys are our players. We're not going to let anybody talk disrespectful to you guys. You guys have families and so on and so forth. So they came out. They locked arms. And we're going to... We're going to have these meetings. We're going to donate this money and do such and such and such and such. And then they come out and build to his win. So, so now they've drawn the line in the sand, right? The players have come out and say, hey, look, it's not about being unpatriotic. 
but they go ahead and side with Trump and, 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 and put this rule in place. So now it's literally, what are you going to do, right? It's, now, now look, it's the, same, it's the same rule the NBA has. And, and right. you know, the NBA finals, they sing the national anthem, nobody, nobody takes a knee. Absolutely not. Okay. The difference is that the NBA players have a voice in the situation, right? Remember when, when, when LeBron James and everybody uh, wore the Can't Breathe uh, shirts, some guys wear uh, 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 Black Lives Matter uh, shooting shirts and so on and so forth, and they have that stage in their press conference to talk about anything they would like to talk about in terms of social issues. The NFL does not allow those players to have that type of stage. And what I mean by that is the NBA is a player-driven league. The NFL is not a player-driven league. I, I, the NFL I understand, is but, but all I'm, about the shield. Look, the, the reality, though, Ephraim, is you can wear like you know your pregame cleats, much like their pregame shooting shirts. Pregame cleats, you can wear what you want. You know, during your press conference, you talk about what you want. Yeah, but nobody films the pregame of the NFL. Yes, they do. That's right? that's absolutely no, not true. No. Absolutely, no, absolutely no, not no. true. The app that is Are not. You? Yeah, I'm Odell Beckham Jr. Every pregame is filmed. Antonio Brown. Yeah. Every pregame is filmed. Why? And they and they, and they tweet out why? every one of their. Why? Because of his catch. Because the one hand catches. Right. That, that's it. All, they're, they're tuning in for the catch. Okay, but the pregame, all they do for pregame for, for the NBA is Steph Curry warming up, dribbling the basketball, or shooting from, from, uh, from, from, the, from the hallway. Right? It's, it's, the, it's the same thing with the same. Like, look, do, do I, I, I agree with you that Trump took the L, but this idea that NBA players have a voice, like, no, they don't. They have the chance to take a knee. They don't. They do stuff before the game, which is when NFL players can do it before the game. The the NBA is far more a player friendly organization in terms of when Donald Sterling came out and talked out of pocket. What did they do immediately? What did they do immediately? This wasn't even a discussion. Yeah, but hold on, the same the same thing happened. You on, have same, to sell the team right now. Do, what do you think happened in Carolina? What do you think happened in Carolina? There was there was it wasn't racism, but it was it was sexual harassment, and the owner, yeah. who's a former player, they made him sell the team. It's the same thing, e. No, it's not the same thing. Bro. It was the same I, I thing. Wish, I, 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 no, I, it really isn't. I wish it was because it, this would be a, a, a smoother transition. It would be a smoother uh, a, a situation that we're dealing with. It's not the same thing because the fact of the matter is the owners got together themselves and came up with a rule to stop players from protesting. I, I understand, but the, the, but the they rule. They would never do that. They, they have the exact same rule, Ephraim. The yeah, exact. They have, the rule is already in place. The be, rule because, is already in be, place. Because they had somebody who wouldn't stand for the flag. So they put the rule in place. Period. Yeah, <laughs> there's, man. There's I, literally, I, look, I love you, okay? But there's no, <laughs> there's no difference between the two. And the idea that no one films the pregame, dude, no one filmed the pregame in the NBA until Steph Curry did his dribbling stuff. No one filmed the pregame in the NFL until uh, until uh, Odell Beckham Jr. started doing the one-hand catches. And you can wear your pregame cleats just like they can wear their pregame shirts. There is no difference. You can talk about what you want in your press conference. All they've said is, if you come out, you're going to stand for the flag, which is the exact same thing it says in the NBA rule. Do you believe that that should be a rule? <sighs> Good question. Um, I believe that there are enough people. In, uh, there, are, there is enough people in the country. Yeah, I actually, th- I do think you should stand for the flag. I do, I do. I, I first of all, I actually think that Kaepernick, like, look, Kaepernick uh, has accomplished everything he wanted to accomplish. He started a conversation which I think all of us would deem uncomfortable to have in sports. 
The problem is right. Kaepernick just doesn't know how to lead this conversation. No matter how many good works he does, he never has never gotten in front of the microphone and been the leader of this. Even though, whereas Trump takes Kaepernick doesn't know how to take credit for what he's done. Trump takes credit for things that he has not has nothing to do with. Right? Like that's the they're the complete opposites of each other. So, but but do I think? Yeah, I think when you play the national anthem, you should stand up for it. I do, uh, regardless of re- regardless of of how bad uh, some things are for some people. Uh, right. And and look, there are also also like look, I'm somebody who I understand the protest and the timing of the protest, but I think it's different on a Memorial Day or on September 11th. You better stand, or you know, uh, for example, when the Houston Rockets welcome in the uh, Parkland survivors choir like i would stand up for them um so it's it's a it's a very tricky one because you don't want to disrespect first responders that are doing things the right way i i would in fact stand i do think there should be a rule uh but i also think that you know nfl players have taken the bait this that's what trump tried to do we baited you baited you baited you into then protesting him instead of protesting what you originally wanted to protest i think it's a complicated thing and i and i and i think that's the problem i think the problem is that the narrative shifted to favor Donald Trump, and that's not even what the, the intent was. So now all me and you are talking about is the whole Trump thing and the and the rules. and all. We're not even talking about the issue, and nobody's talking about the issue. I just got off CNN, and every time I'm on there, I always bring up the issue that started it all, and no one has any answers or any willing to address it. And, and the Sarah uh, Sanders Huckabee today didn't even want to acknowledge a reporter who was saying, hey, it's, has the president made any statement about the actual uh, protest itself in terms of the reason uh, being police brutality and minority committee? She didn't even want to deal with this. I, I'm moving on. You're being rude. Like it just, And that's the problem that I'm having, the fact that you can sweep the narrative under the rug, the rug and create your own and make it all about that. That's the problem I'm having because the issue is still happening in our communities. We just saw Sterling Brown, uh, the, the video come out of Sterling Brown being just com- uh, egregiously uh, uh, mishandled by 10 police officers. That's the problem I'm having. We're talking about Donald Trump and whether or not the rules should be implemented for standing for the national anthem and not, hey, let's stop being, let's stop police brutality. When are we going to start talking about that? I, listen, I agree. I do actually think that conversation takes place. I think that's why the body cameras for both sides, it helps. It ends up helping both sides. It, it does show that some people lie when they when they accuse the cops of mistreating them. And I think it shows you know, Sterling Brown, who, you know, he parked illegally, should have gotten a ticket, didn't deserve to be tased. And the fact that none of the cops reacted like, oh, we shouldn't have done that was was appalling to anybody who has a pulse. And I, I don't I don't know how you I don't know how you regain the how you change the narrative back, but I actually think today was a win, whereas there have been so many losses for it because Trump appeared petty instead of somebody who was the leader of the free world. I get it. I, and I understand that. And the fact of the matter is it's not it is the behavior of the police is, is the is the reason, but it's the prosecution of that behavior. That is the problem. Right. But that's the problem that nothing they've been disciplined. They've missed a little work. But come on now. Like, that's not that's not good enough. Administrative leave. That's not good enough. That's the uh, that's the real 
protest. That's what we're, we need to be talking about in terms of what's going to happen. When does justice happen for the killing of unarmed minorities and the mistreatment? That's the problem, right? Yeah, it's appalling to see it happen, but to see nothing happen to the aggressors, that's where, and that's where the original protest is. Everybody's turning a blind eye, and they always say it's just a few bad apples, but it's certain jobs, and I think you would agree with this, yeah. it's certain jobs that you don't want any bad apples. Take in mind, would you want your surgeon to be a bad apple? No. No, but you but, but you, be, hold you on, but you do. You don't want officer to be a bad apple. I agree with you. I also understand the reality of it is it's really, it's really, would you sign up to be a cop? Like I wouldn't. No, I, I would it, not. It's, right. So, so when they get people to sign up, you know, they, they do the best they can. You know, it's it's it, it, look a different light, but it's like school teachers, right? I think a lot of times school teachers they sign up for the right reasons, and then some of them change and mature and become people that you don't really want around kids, and they have tenure. But it's really it's it's a very difficult thing, and I think that the body cameras and the body cameras are are really important. They're very important because uh, the, the the entire picture doesn't lie when we see them when they're on, you know. Right. And there should so I, I look. It's it's more complicated than we're doing it justice. You're right. You're and, right. And and because I know because and I think that you know Kaepernick shot you know, to take the pun out, but he shot himself in the foot with the cop pig socks and with yep. the Castro shirt didn't help him. And some of the th- I just think he was the wrong guy for it. All that said. He's actually accomplished everything he wanted to accomplish, and now getting the president to take an L on it today would be a win if he knew how to if he knew how to to champion that win. That's I think my my thing. You know and, what? Wouldn't the world be a better place if it got along like me and you? Yeah, I don't really like you though. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it would be. Well, I love it, you. It would be. It would be. All right, dude. Good discussion. We'll talk real football upcoming next. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Um, <clears throat> Uh, Ashley says, uh, at Gottlieb show, don't you think Kaepernick knows he's not politically correct enough to be able to le- gently, to gently lead the conversation? I, I don't know what he thinks. Like, look, the, the whole idea was to start a conversation and it has more than like, look, we're like two years, almost two years into this thing. And there hasn't been one time, one time to which he's gotten in front of a microphone and says like, all right, we've done this, this, and this, we want to do this, this, and this. I'm really proud of this. I want to change. Like, there's no, no leadership at all. And uh, have you guys ever seen the movie An American President? Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. And that right? Benning. Right. Do you remember what he says in the absence of uh, Annette Benning, by the way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what he says in that one? In the absence of, of leadership, they'll listen to something like they'll listen to uh, whoever yells the loudest. I mean, dude, this is straight out of it, straight out of the handbook. You know, there's even a, a speech in there about you know how do you how do you win elections, right? You talk about days of old and 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 how things used to be great, and then you you blame it on somebody else and you say that's the reason for your problems. You got the you got the quote for me. Well, according to IMDb, uh, in the absence of genuine leadership, they'll listen to anyone who steps up to the microphone. That's it. Like, look, I'm not a Kaepernick guy from a football sense. 
Okay, he wasn't a leader in football. Like, don't let anybody tell you, like, no, he was. They voted him. Like, dude, he was a starting quarterback for a Super Bowl team. Okay, he kind of took the league by storm, like a lot of these running quarterbacks. But there wasn't any step two. He had small hands. He couldn't change the arm angles. He struggled to read a defense. There were certain throws he couldn't make, and he kind of got exposed to such. Okay? Okay? Then he struggled with his leadership. Remember, he was walking around the, the facility. He always had his headphones on. He was kind of keeping himself guy. And you can say, like, what's the big deal about that? That's not how quarterbacks act. Quarterbacks are a, man, I love that guy. Meet him. Meet, meet a big-time quarterback, and they are all the same. They all have this personality of, like, wow, I like that guy. I don't know why. I just, I like, they have this, they have that thing, right? They have that thing. And he didn't have that thing in his personality. He was not comfortable in that role. And then he had multiple surgeries and went and lost his starting job. So I'm not a Kaepernick guy from a football perspective. And I didn't, I, I, I didn't want to get into a back and forth with Ephraim over the numbers. And do I think there are bad cops? I do. I think there's also bad people who are armed and cops walk up on them. And cops are super, super nervous because there's so many guns out there. They have no idea. And I'm sure there's dudes that freak out. They go through all the training. They go through the psychological evaluations and they're fine. Then they get in the field and they freak out. And we can all say, I wouldn't freak out. You remember that TV show, uh, What Would You Do? Have you ever seen that? Remember that? It was a summer TV show where like a, a baby stroller is like rolling down a hill. Like, what would you do? Or a guy pretends like he's shoplifting or whatever. What would you do? Do you know why they have a film like that? Because not everybody reacts in the way that you think they would react. Some people watch a baby, they think being kidnapped, and they just sit there and go, somebody should do something about that. That's what they do. It's the same thing with police officers. They can, you can have all the training in the world, and some people just freak out. It doesn't make it right. It just makes it human beings. So, and I think it's a hard line when cops protect players. Cops keep you safe from the sideline, keep you safe from crazy fans. And are, are you are you saying F those police? Because they're all kind of police, right? It's a hard conversation to have that most of the cops are really good dudes. They just want to collect their check, be safe, go home to their kids anyway. But there are some bad guys. And there's some bad guys that treat white people bad. They treat black people bad. There's some guys that are just on a power trip. I, here's the other thing. And this is NFL players that never admit this. You know how the percentage of bad cops, there's a percentage of bad human beings who play football in the NFL. There are just awful guys. There's a bad guy. You know, I don't think all NFL players are Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez was a multiple, he was a, basically, he was a multiple murderer. Gangbanger drug user i mean you're like well not all nfl players you're right and not all cops are bad they're not percentage wise it's probably about the same percentage of people that cheat welfare percentage of rich people that don't pay taxes all those percentages are about the same they're most of us are reasonable people but we're being drugged to the to the to, to the to the fringes and think that it's all or nothing that, that's not how it is. Most of us are just in the middle. I just want my kids to be safe, go to school, get an education, and live in a better house than I lived in, and then them to be safe and happy and live in a cleaner, better part of the town than I lived in growing up. 
get to Dan Byer and figure out what else is going on in the world of sports. We got Dan. Well, Cavaliers head coach Ty Lu says that Rodney Hood is going to get some minutes in Game Three. He's been basically bench ridden for the NBA Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals. Cavs are going to need everything they've got down 2-0 to the Warriors with tomorrow's Game Three in Cleveland. TV ratings are in for the first two games of the NBA Finals, and they're down a bit from a year ago. According to Nielsen, ratings for Sunday's Game 2 drew 18.5 million viewers compared to last year's 19.7 million watching the NBA Finals. Patriots quarterback Tom Brady intended Rob Gronkowski attended the Patriots' mandatory minicamp today after missing OTAs. New York Giants general manager Dave Gettleman has been diagnosed with lymphoma. He will undergo treatment. At the French Open, Americans Madison Keys and Sloan Stevens won their quarterfinal matches. They'll face off in the semifinals. Delaware Governor John Carney placed the first legal sports bet in the state today, wagering 10 bucks on the Phils to beat the Cubs. And Giants pitcher Madison Bumgarner makes his season debut tonight against the Diamondbacks, returning from a broken finger. Thank you, Dan. Cars are a lot like sports. you got to have the right tools you want to go far. Luckily, AutoZone is a free loan and tool program with over 100 specialty tools to get the job done right. Stop in today. Deposits required. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Colin Coward thinks Steph Curry doesn't get enough respect. I'll give you my thoughts next. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, oh, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Hey, Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio. Did you guys see we had a fender bender right here in front? I told Ryan we didn't actually see it. I go, I think there's an accident going on out here. I hear a question with the accident thing. Why do people stay like when they're in middle lane? Why do they just kind of stop, stay right there? Like pull her side, get the hell out of the way. Pull the car over, man. Pull it over. Pullover. They even pullover. have to put up on the freeways now. If you're in a minor accident, pull the car. You have to pull tell people. the car over. Pull the car over. Pull it over. And now. <laughs> what does the fuck say? The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find agent at Farmers.com. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Um, every day at this time, we play you a portion of Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports 1, something we heard earlier in the day. We call, we call it, what did the Fox say? Here's Colin Cowherd on something he thinks about Steph Curry. I think there's three reasons, and they're pretty obvious. Number one is size. He looks 16. He's small and fragile. Professional sports is about alpha males, machismo. He's a small, fragile, young-looking athlete. He doesn't overpower you. He's got sort of a skill that people can't equal, and it bothers players. They're bigger, longer, tougher, stronger, more physical, could dunk on him. He can't defend them, yet he's the MVP. The second thing is, he's like human automation. He's eliminating jobs. He's the robot that's getting rid of you if you're a center or a big that can't shoot. For years and years, centers dominated this league. Length and size mattered. Now, if you can't shoot a three, you're a non-threat. You can't be on the floor. Steph Curry is eliminating jobs in this league. Dwight Howard was a big deal. The three-point shot arrived. Dwight Howard's a nobody. And number three, kind of a country club kid. A little bit of a wealthy upbringing. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if I agree with actually any of those. I used to think it was the country club thing, and then I was like, eh, 
Clay Thompson grew up in Rancho Santa Margarita. Dad was a pro. Um, there's a there's a little bit of it w- with Steph, you know, that he didn't grow up. There was no hard knock life. I think it's more look. Guys are respected if they play both ends. Um, I think the thought is that that Steph might not translate to other generations because you can't touch him. That he's protected by the rules and that he's protected by the way the Warriors play. But I also think that if you ask NBA players, they're like, dude, he's the best shooter we I've ever seen. He, he hit shots to which we all only wish we could take, let alone make. So I, I don't think that there's a general disrespect or disdain for Steph Curry. I just think it's that no one points out his high volume of turnovers, his lack of, of ability to guard multiple positions defensively, and that he, he benefits so greatly from, uh, from the rules or how the game is officiated today. I think there's actually a reasonable nature. I completely disagree with Colin when he's like, you can't trust players. Players know. Like, ask players who the best guy in the NBA is, and they all would say, hey, look, it was LeBron, some think Durant is better, or definitely a better, or a better scorer. And then Kawhi Leonard, guys that play both ends, guys that can affect the game without scoring, guys that make other people around them better. Uh, those are all things. Steph Curry is a great player, a great shooter who can make great passes. But he's not really a passer who makes everybody else better. And he doesn't affect the game, for the most part, at the defensive end. You kind of got to hide him. I think there's a reasonable nature to it, even if they would all contend. He's a better shooter than any of us. It's And, and that's a work ethic thing and a confidence thing. Ah, I, think, I think Colin is misreading this thing completely. Completely. You know, I just I think he does. Um, and I'm sure there's a little bit of jealousy for the, you know, the theatrics that he gets away with, which other people don't feel like they get away with. There's a little jealousy. There's a little love. He grew up with a silver spoon. Uh, there's also a little love. He's light skinned. Dude, there's a light skinned, dark skinned thing that goes on. I'm not black, but I've I've been around enough basketball locker rooms to know it does, in fact, exist with some people. There's a lot, there's a lot that goes to it. A lot that goes to it. You know, his wife tweeted about the refs. We've never seen LeBron's wife tweet about anything. Yet, you know, he's the golden child. I, I, get, I get all that. So some of it is jealousy. Some of it is us treating him differently. Most players will tell you it's all about winning. But it's really all about money. I can prove it to you next. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> LeBron said something today that um, blew me away. And not in a good way. Not in a good way. Uh, we'll play you, play for you his uh, response to the question about how he acted um, after, in the moments after, the moments after uh, J.R. Smith secured an offensive rebound after George Hillman's free throw in game one. Play you that and um, maybe be able to take some phone calls. 877 fox We'll ask all the boys what their reaction is. I'll give you my reaction to it as well. Uh, I'll tell you who one of my favorite athletes is of all time. And I, I'd be interested to hear Ramos's take on him. John, do you remember a former Dodger, now Diamondback, who said, hey, I don't care whoever pays me $200 million, I'm going to go play for him? Would that be Zach Greinke? It was Zach Greinke. 
Did he go to the highest bidder? He sure did. He sure is. You damn right he did. <laughs> you damn you damn skippy he did. He is a man of his word. And part of it is it's baseball. So we didn't, it wasn't as big a national story as it could have been. Part of it is the reality of sports. Uh, maybe it's the time of year in which he said it, or is the offhanded nature to which Zach Greinke said it. But Zach Greinke said like, hey, whoever offers, it's a lot like many of us when we're negotiating things for our home, whoever makes the lowest bid, right? Now, some people I know do the second lowest bid. You're like, ah, I'll do the second lowest. I'm like, what? Uh, why? Or what you do is you get the lowest bid and then you go to a guy who you trust the most and you're like, look, here's the lowest bid. I want you to do it. Can you do it for this? And usually they'll go, yeah, I can. Ah, oh, well, you know, we'll scrape something together. Like, yeah, okay, sure. You're making money. We're good. Um, But Zach Grinke said, hey, man, bottom line, it's a bottom line business. Whoever wants to pay me $200 million, that's where I'm going. And he is currently AP. He left the Dodgers because the Diamondbacks offered him more money. Regardless of, well, how's that working out for him? Good. First and 15th. Very good. Very well. Generational wealth. Now, will we ever will we judge Zach Grinke as one of the all-time greats? Zach Grinke is Zach Grinke a Hall of Fame pitcher? That's a, actually a that's actually remember he went through the uh he went through some mental stuff early in his career when he was with the Kansas City Royals. Dan Byer, would you say Zach Grinke is a Hall of Famer? No. All right. That was a very quick no. <laughs> Makes thirty one million dollars. Um, Zach Grinke is a four-time All-Star, a Cy Young Award winner, a four-time Gold Glove Award winner. Uh, two times he led Major League Baseball in ERA as well. Now, you can point out he only has 176 wins, but at 34, he's going to get to 200. You don't think he's a, a Hall of Famer? I've never considered him a the top pitcher in baseball or in the top three in baseball. He won the Cy Young Award win. Won the I, Cy I Young. know. I just I didn't. That's why I said it. Because he wasn't good with your Brewers? <laughs> no. Is that, is that, he was, this, I was all right this, with him. This, this, was, this is what it comes down no, to? No, he was... Had he been better with he, your Brewers, <laughs> he was 16-6, and 3.83 ERA, 201 strikeouts. I don't consider him in the class of the Hall of Famers that I think we will see of a Clayton Kershaw, um, a Max Scherzer type of Pitcher. I, I, I first Verlander. of all, for the record, I agree that he's a notch below Scherzer. Scherzer is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's won a Cy Young in both leagues, and I think twice now in the National League. Is that right? Uh, I mean, Scherzer's unbelievable. Okay, um, Clayton Kershaw is unbelievable. Those are the two best pitchers in baseball. Uh, I would say, and he's probably not Verlander. On the other hand, has he had a stretch the way Verlander had? where he was as hittable as Verlander was during the end of his run in Detroit. Verlander's had this resurgence. Yes, um, yes. You know, so I think that is In a is, hitter's park, by the him. way. Yeah. In, in a hitter's park. I just, you know, and, and it's not by saying that Greinke isn't good. I just, I've put him in that really good category, and I don't think the Baseball Hall of Fame is the really good category. It absolutely is. What are you talking about? We just let the... We let the uh, what's his name from from Houston in? He's got three thousand hits. Biggio uh, or Bagwell? B- b- both of them. I mean Bagwell especially, but Biggio, like, dude, those are those are those are accumulator guys. 
They were never the best player in baseball ever, ever. Bagwell won an MVP. Yeah, well, yeah. just like just like uh, just like uh, Grinky won Cy Young. Anyway, um, uh, okay. Look, I I value I really do value your baseball opinion, and I I tend to agree with you that he's probably not a Hall of Famer. He probably if if the Diamondbacks win a World Series and he pitches well and or is a World Series MVP. Regardless, if, if his accomplishments stay exactly the same, he will be, right? That's just the way it kind of works. I didn't say it's fair, but that's the reality of it. We see a guy pitch well in the postseason. Schilling's not in. Schilling should probably be in. Because uh, Schilling was great in postseasons with the Diamondbacks and with the Red Sox. He is a great big game pitcher. Schilling, just nobody likes for Schilling. That's the problem. And that's, I mean, that's... I think he's great in terms of talking about baseball. The problem is he never wants to actually just talk about baseball. And it's hard to say, hey, Kurt Schilling, Hall of Famer, without thinking about all the other stuff. But the point was that here's Zach Greinke who's like, hey, dude, pay me. I will come pitch for you. Don't care where. And um, and by the way, that was a year in which, you remember his last year with the Dodgers, he had a 1.66 ERA. <laughs> dude. Nasty, and he didn't win the Cy Young. Yeah, I actually thought he should have won this. Of course, I he should. Arietta won the Cy Young yes. that year. I think. Yes, but and Arietta was only good the second half of the that's season. Correct. Was, was only good the second entire, half of the season. That's correct. He was he was good the whole year. This is a dude that won a Cy Young at 24 years old. And by the way, when he won a Cy Young, um, see, 25 years old, but he should have won it that year. I mean, he's highest win loss percentage, lowest ERA. Uh, best whip in baseball and uh, best ERA plus as well. He was na- he was filthy that year. Anyway, Grinky just like hey, it's about the money. Chris Paul has led us to want to believe that he wants a championship above all else, hasn't he? Like, why would Chris Paul leave the Clippers and L.A. for Houston? And wants to win a championship, right? He's been in New Orleans and in Oklahoma City with the Hornets. Then he went to the Clippers. Now he's like, look, I'm in my early 30s. Father time is creeping up on me. I want to win a championship. Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj's podcast, he mentioned that Chris Paul is not willing to take a pay cut. Here's Woj. Chris Paul didn't turn down $200 million from the Clippers because he thought he was going to end up taking that somehow the Rockets are going to talk him into saving them luxury tax money down the road. It's not, I just, I don't imagine it playing out that way. The Rockets made that deal for Paul with the Clippers and knew that they would re-sign him in free agency. I think they made a conscious decision that we're going to have to live with that $46, $47 million a year salary. We want to win a championship now and we'll deal with it later. I mean, like, honestly, the Rockets are in the exact same position as the Dodgers are in baseball. Right? How many times does Clayton Kershaw have to break down in you before you go like, hey, you know, I love him. He's great. Best pitcher in baseball over the last seven or eight years collectively. Like, just awesome. But your back doesn't magically get better as you get older. No one who's had chronic back issues for the last four or five years is going to go the last four or five years of their baseball life pitching with that type of torque on your body and not have a back problem. Making more money, you know, like that just doesn't happen. 
And oh yeah, by the way, he's always hurt in the regular season and then he comes up short in the postseason, seventh inning on. I, I, th- these, these facts are irrefutable. Well, isn't that Chris Paul? Right? Chris Paul is the exact same guy only as a basketball player. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But Chris Paul's always hurt. And Chris Paul's 33 years old. So he's not a spring chicken. He's coming off of playoffs, which he could not play in the decisive games because of injury. If you're Houston, you might have that might have been your plan. Your plan might have been like, hey, dude, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna get Chris Paul and we're gonna we're gonna swallow hard, we're gonna re-sign and pay him forty something million dollars. But things change. Things change. Chris Paul at twenty six played sixty games. Twenty seven seventy. 62-82. Played all 82 in 2015. I believe he got hurt that year in the playoffs. 74-61-58. Don't even get me started on getting hurt in the playoffs four of the past five years. It's Kershaw. He's great. But you got a chance if you're Houston to get out of it, to get out of the Chris Paul business, you get out of the Chris Paul business. Was that your plan? No. Things change. Plans change. Plans change. And oh yeah, by the way, if Chris Paul really wanted to win a championship, if you really, if it's if it's championship above all else, like dude, I made more money than I could ever dream of making in sport. Not just that, he has the State Farm ads, he has other stuff that he's been in. You want to know how much he's made lifetime? What do you think? How much do you think it is? Take it, take a, take any sort of guess for me. Uh, I'm gonna go with. A hundred and seventy-five million. Hmm. Uh, what do you got there? Uh, you know, this may be really too high. Just popped in my head. Five hundred million. No, that's way too high. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I thought it was right the first time. Um, okay. All-time NBA salary. He has made one hundred and eighty-six point seven million dollars. Okay. So look, I, do I un, do I fully understand? Hey man, if you can make forty million dollars for a couple more years, like puts you over the two hundred. But how much can you possibly spend? H- how much? I, you could. This, remember Brewster's Millions? You guys remember that show, that movie? That's before Ryan Music's time. Richard Pryor. He he. Was it a million dollars he had to spend? He had like a month to spend a million dollars, but he couldn't. There couldn't be any. Uh, he couldn't just hand out the money. He had to spend it, but he had to not have any when he was left. And then he inherited like a $10 million or something crazy like that. If he could get rid of every penny. And he did. Like the best one was he bought those stamps and then he mailed them. (laughs) He bought like $100,000 stamps and then he mailed something with it, which was genius. You couldn't spend 186. And if you're like, well, you know, the tax man takes half of it. Okay. You can't spend $90 million. Plus, he's made money outside of basketball. And he's smart and he's invested. He's got houses all over. Like, you're not, you're not losing money on these houses all over the place. Right? Like, I don't, I don't even think, I don't, even if you did drugs and you, if you did drugs and had a gambling 
He doesn't have kids outside of wedlock. Like the, with the expensive things, divorce hadn't happened. Drug prop doesn't do it. Gambling doesn't appear to do it. Right. He's diversified. Like he can't spend. So I don't want to take a hundred million more out of his pocket. But if you go like, Hey dude, you could make a hundred million more or you can make 50 million more and win a championship. What would you do? Grinky would say, take that money, dude. But think of how much it changes you if you win a championship. And then the problem is, you know, he's been the head of the Players Association, and the Players Association is going to push him, and you can't take less. That looks bad. More, more, more. Plus, he's a LeBron guy, and LeBron always take get, get as much as you can. Owners are taking as much as they can. Why can't you? The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Matt Holiday joins the show coming next. I'll ask him. Uh, Kershaw. What would you do if you're the Dodgers? You know, do you polite, do you lowball, do you do what the Cardinals, when he was with the Cardinals, what they did to Albert Pujols, which is, hey, he offered him like $100 million. $150 million, knowing he was going to get a $250 million deal and go like, all right, man. Hey, good. Good for you. We'll ask him upcoming next. But first, uh, look, I snore. There's no no way to get around it. None. None. So I was looking for a solution and I went to Zipa.com. That's Z-Y-P-P-A-H.com. And it's unbelievable. It stops your snoring. Now, uh, here's the way it works. People have asked all the time, like, I've heard the ads before. How does it work? It's a mouthpiece and a lot like a football mouthpiece. You have to mold it to your teeth. You get used to it over like a day or two. And then you put it in and everybody sleeps. I sleep. My wife sleeps. Occasionally I'll fall, in, I'll fall asleep in bed with my little guy and he sleeps. I was the laughing stock of my house. I was constantly being nudged and elbowed. Until I got a Zipa. Snoring is not sleeping. That's why you need to go to Zipa.com. That's Z-Y-P-P-A-H.com. It's Happy Z's spelled backwards. And if you enter in the code SNORE66, you get free shipping. It's a revolutionary snoring mouthpiece that's an absolute game changer. If you're sleeping in separate bedrooms or you're constantly being elbowed or sleeping on your side or doing something to stop you, just put a Zipa in. Order at Zipa.com. It will change everything. Z-Y-P-P-A-H.com. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You can hear him on Sirius XM Major League Baseball Radio occasionally. Uh, he's a seven-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger. And he's our resident uh, baseball expert. He's Matt Holiday. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Major League Baseball draft, uh, amateur draft, was yesterday. The big story is Kyler Murray. And uh, for people who don't know, uh, Matt, uh, his dad at the time was the coach of Oklahoma State. He was set to play quarterback at Oklahoma State. And at a high school, where were you drafted at high school? Seventh round. Seventh, you were a seventh round draft pick? Yeah, seventh round, yeah. Man, that's a pretty good pick. Uh, by the Colorado Rockies. Okay. Um, okay, so Kyler Murray was a first-round pick, and now he's slotted. The way it works now, he's slotted. It's like a $4, four million-plus million type deal. He says he wants to play football. What's this really like for him to decide football or baseball? 
You know, I was I was curious when they drafted him in the first round. I just assumed that they had worked out a deal where he wouldn't play football. Typically, a team wouldn't uh, risk their first rounder on on somebody that's going to go out uh, as an undersized quarterback who is mobile, who is going to be running in the Big 12 a lot. Um, to, the potential for injury, I, I just assumed that when they drafted him that high that something had been already agreed to to where he wouldn't play football. But I guess, come to find out, they are okay with him playing at least this year uh, football. I'm interested to see uh, where the contract and, and some of these things start to come out of, of how they're going to protect themselves in case of an injury, how the athlete's going to protect himself in case of injury. Uh, I think there's a lot to be still to be determined on how this is all going to look. But for a, a guy as trying to make a decision, I mean, to me, it seems like a pretty easy decision. I mean, he's a first-round top-10 pick in baseball. I don't know. I haven't seen him play a ton of quarterbacks. But to me, I, I'm not sure it's worth the risk to try to play one year of football if you don't think your pro future is in football. I don't see why you just don't go on and, and try your hand at baseball. Well, I, I would, I would. He's the opposite of you. His dad is a high school football coach, right? And I mean, like, you can be quarterback OU. I don't know. Pretty cool. I mean, yeah. You just, oh yeah, for sure. So that's it's a. It's a it's an interesting one. Um, I think it's just surprising. He's a top ten pick in baseball. He had a really good season, but uh, to to go from sort of a one twenty five hitter last year to a top ten pick, I think uh, is, a, is a pretty good uh, indicator of what kind of growth we've seen in the last year as a baseball player. Uh, speaking of guys that that don't hit well, and then all of a sudden blow up on the scene, um, and then there's other guys that that come into Major League Baseball hitting the hell out of it. And then guys, uh, they get figured out. Cody Bellinger was a guy who last year was one of the bright young stars in baseball. You know, he and Chris Taylor were not as well regarded as they performed. Bellinger, like, he's just been benched, right? He's been benched. Um, How much of this is the league figuring out the hole in his swing and how much of it is just mentally baseball being hard and him struggling with that? Both. I I think it's both. But I do think that... He got a little bit exposed to, with in the playoffs last year of, of a hole kind of up and in underneath his, his – he's got a bit of an uppercut, which is not uncommon these days where there's a lot of this launch angle talk. And, and he's got a lot of moving parts in his swing. There's a lot of things that have to be synced up really well for him to have the consistent uh, home run success that he had last year. Um, he's very talented. I think he'll figure it out. But they're, the thing that – the second year in the big leagues, now all of a sudden, especially with – with Seager out, he becomes the main target in all these hitters meetings of guys that they don't want you to beat them. And so he gets a lot more attention as far as pitchers are more careful. Uh, they want to execute their pitches as far as if, if, if I'm going to miss, I'll miss off the plate. Um, and, and, and they'll take their chances with the guy that's batting after him. So I, I think there's a lot of things that go into that. He's dealing with the first time of having a little bit of failure in the big leagues and uh, you know, every night is a challenge when you're struggling. There's a new guy waiting for you the next night. It's, it's a very t- tough time to hit in the game right now. The pitching, the velocity, and, and all the uh, the strikeouts, I think, is a tribute to the talent of pitching there is right now. Um, so I'd say there's a lot of things probably in going into it right now. But I'd say uh, the second year, teams start to, to really hone in on your weaknesses, and, and they'll pitch to that until you fix it. Matt Holiday joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show somewhere in the windswept plains of Oklahoma. I can hear the wind, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the wind in in the background. Uh, how do you how do you like? I don't want to do all Dodgers all the time, but it is interesting. Like Matt Kemp, I thought Matt Kemp was washed up 
and now he's leading the league in hitting. How does this happen? You know, he's he's always had a good hit skill. I mean, he's obviously had some ups and downs where um, he's he's kind of you know the weight was an issue, and and you know his slugging percentage kind of came down. But um, I, I think this guy, when he burst on the scene, uh, always has had a good bat path. He he's always known how to hit. Um, he's uh, he's just in a really good place right now as far as his swing goes. He's really simple at the plate. There's not a lot of movement. He's getting inside the ball. He's using the whole field. Um, he's he's a veteran. He's um, I think he's just made a really good adjustment with his with his swing and his approach, and has just kind of really settled into a hot streak and, and has been able to hold it for you know, the first part of two and a half months. Um, he's been their best hitter and, and you know one of the top five hitters in the league. So uh, I think that's a pretty nice gift as kind of a throw in into a trade that people didn't really even think that he would, might, may not even stick with the Dodgers this time around, and he's turned into their best hitter, starting left fielder, kind of filled a gap, uh, a hole that they had in their lineup and in their outfield uh, that they didn't expect. So I think he's been a, a nice surprise and probably a big reason why they're still somewhat in the mix in the, in the NL West. Uh, okay, but they're doing without Kershaw, who's hurt his back yet again, right? I mean, here here he's he's hurt his back, and this is a year in which he likely will opt out of his contract. And like, he's kind of the opposite of you, Matt Holiday, joining us at the Doug Gottlieb Show. You and I talked about this. Um, man, this was your last year, I guess. Was it your last year with the Cardinals, right, where you broke your hand? You got, you got hit on the thumb in, in Chicago, and you broke your hand. And, well, yes, the year before you had the thigh problem, but you'd had a great start, hurt your thigh, and then you break your hand, people are like, well, you're injury prone. Like, dude, I got hit in yeah. the hand with a fastball. That's not yeah. being uh, – on, on the other hand, here's a guy who's been dominant, but he's had a back problem like the last three or four years, yeah. and I I feel like the back problem it, it doesn't get better it it has a tendency to get worse. Yeah, like can you see a could you see a way which the Dodgers do to him what the the Cardinals did to Albert Pujols where you offer him a good contract knowing you're going to be outbid because you really want to be out of the Kershaw business at thirty five forty a year. You know I think that there it, obviously it's yet to be determined on how this back thing shakes out, but there's also a chance that. If he sees his back sort of trending in the wrong direction, then he just stays in the contract and just rides it out at, at 30 or million he's making, whatever he's making, and, and just kind of rides the rest of his contract out. If he sees his back being an issue going forward, and if he thinks he gets the free agency, and all of a sudden these teams are running him through the, you know, the, the machine, checking to see what kind of back problem we're really dealing with, if there's really a, a disc issue or if there's a long term sort of problem in that back area he may just stay in the contract and, and just ride it out and see how it goes but you know I think it is something that you're concerned about going forward if you're a team looking to sign like you said in the 35 million dollar range or whatever he'll be looking for uh, that that raises a lot of red flags I think low back like you said is something that doesn't typically go away uh, he might be able to manage it and, and be able to get through a couple seasons without dealing any, with anything but sometimes when you're dealing with an injury like that, you start compensating, and then all of a sudden you've got a burst, you know, bicep situation pops up, or you're compensating and your elbow flares up, or you know, you start to see other injuries pop up because of this back problem. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to sort of get this season turned back around and build momentum headed into the, the free agency, and if you know whatever he ends up doing. Matt Holiday joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. You're not going to get a lot of sympathy from fans, right? Um, but on on what is it? Is it the ninth? On the ninth, the Yankees had to play a doubleheader. So on the eighth, they're supposed to play Sunday night baseball before they head. They 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 just change it. 
Yeah, that's interesting. All right, it's, it's going to be Angels-Dodgers that day, which will give us more Otani. I want to get to an Otani question, a trial question in a second. But for people who don't understand, how much, how hard is that, like, like all of us fans, like, dude, it's baseball. How hard could it really yeah. be? It's Baltimore. You know, you take a you take a train or a private plane from after the game, you're fine. Why is it so hard to play so many games in such short order? Well, the problem is, is that game in Toronto was started at 8 o'clock. And it, so you say if the game's three hours, which it could be more, it could be a little less, uh, you're looking at 11 o'clock. And then it takes an hour for the video guys, the trainers, all the treatment, all the stuff that goes on after the game before you can even leave to head towards the plane. So you got an hour after the game. That puts you at midnight. Uh, you get to the airplane and, and some sort of, you know, in Canada, there's some sort of, you know, it's not as easy as it is in America, in America to get on your plane and you can really get out of there. So say they, they take off at... At 1.30, uh, potentially maybe even 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, it's, a, it's probably at least a two-hour situation to, to Baltimore, um, at least with, with, with getting off the bus, getting to the hotel. You know, you're looking at 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, you're looking at guys, you know, it's really hard to sleep on the plane and, and 4 o'clock in the morning, and then you get up and you have a, a double header uh, that starts at 1. You have to be to the field by 10. Uh, you're, you're looking at four, five, five, six hours of sleep, maybe less. Uh, it's it's just to me it's it's unnecessary to continue to try to do that when you have situations like this. There's plenty of games that fans will be interested in outside of Toronto and the Yankees. You know the Dodgers and Angels, which they end up trading to. I think uh, Milwaukee plays the Braves, which are two good stories early in the season. Yeah, dude, you can't I tell just, me you can't tell me Milwaukee and the Braves. I'm sorry. Like, well, I, I, get, I get I get that they're really good stories, and the Braves are in first place, and Milwaukee's playing great. Like, I get that, but. Yankees bring eyes, right? It's about bringing right. eyes to a TV TV set. Dodgers Angels is uh, they're really lucky that's on the same day. Yeah, uh, but I mean, really, is, how many people are, are really that interested in the Blue Jays this season? You know, I mean, is it just the Yankees? I mean, I just think that there's there's a time in these situations where you just you know you just say, look, um, these they have a very difficult situation on Monday. Uh, the Yankees are on Sunday Night Baseball the max amount of times they can be on every year. Uh, we, they get them on MLB Network. They get them on midweek. Uh, there's plenty of opportunities, and to, to to force them to play a doubleheader after a night where they get in at five o'clock in the morning is just unnecessary. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world as a player. I mean, you can do it, but it's to me, it's just one of those things where it's it's just not ideal, and and you you have a chance to to, to move it. And I just think you know, ultimately, they got it done, which is I think the right move. Um. I've talked to I've talked to major leaguers who have said, "Hey, Trout's the best player in baseball, and I'm not sure if Otani's not the second best player in baseball." Is that hyperbole, or is that is that earned respect for a guy who's doing stuff that we've only seen high school guys do be really good, both pitching and hitting? Yeah, I think that's just a tricky kind of question, you know, because if you say, "Well, he's a starting pitcher that throws a hundred, and he's a you know, a guy that you can bat fifth and he's got four, five, six, seven home runs, whatever he's got, uh, he can do both at the major league level at a really high level. So he's the best overall player or one of the best overall players in, in the in the world. So I think from that angle, yeah, I mean, he's, he throws 100 and he can hit the ball 500 feet. Uh, not many people, if any, can do that. But to put him in, in sort of the uh, category with Mike Trout, for me, I, I just haven't seen enough and, and – uh, Mike Trout, what he's doing to me is, is the best player. It's not close. Um, I, I think Otani is a is a very intriguing uh, story and something that I enjoy watching him do his thing. But um, you know, he's 
he's he's sort of right now he's pitching once a week and they're moving him around to make sure he gets plenty of rest and he's only batting uh, two or three times a week and um, I just don't know exactly what we have yet with him I don't know what his sort of potential wise is as a hitter or a pitcher what we're looking at but I do think it's fascinating to watch and I think he's one of the you know the top two or three. Uh, stories to watch in the season so far. Matt Holiday joining us. Um, I, I can't let you go without asking you. you. You're on the other end of what happened with the Cavs and the Warriors, right? Twice in Game 6 of the World Series, you guys were down to your last pitch. And maybe this gives me more respect for the Rangers in that they came back and retook the lead. Um, yeah. But but when, when, you see, when you see LeBron completely lose it, because I'm mean, just a series of errors, missed free throw. You know, Jr. didn't know the score. His coach didn't call a timeout. Nobody else tried to call a timeout. Uh, have, having been in kind of the opposite side of that situation, what do you think? You know, it, to me, it just looked like they had a chance to steal Game One and, and at Golden State, and to for that whole the way it ended up, and then to lose is, is kind of that kick in the groin where. You just the air kind of goes out of the whole locker room, and, and maybe even LeBron to some degree that it was at the at your fingertips to steal game one, and, and now you've got a real series, and all of a sudden it slips through your fingers, and and the air goes out of the team, the morale is 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 sort of sucked out of you. The other team knows they dodged a bullet, and they didn't play their best game, and and all of a sudden they, you know things start firing, and and they blow them out in the second game, and and now it looks really really daunting. Uh, for a team like the Cavaliers, or for you know a team that that now all of a sudden they're down two zero, and they they you say the what ifs in the back of your mind, man, it should be one one going home, and it's not. And I think that that sometimes as athletes, it's really hard to overcome that sort of momentum shift that happens, you know, at the drop of a dime, and and it goes from one way to another, and it's it's hard to get back over that. Craziest thing ever, though, to watch to watch you guys down to your last strike twice come back and. And win the damn thing, right? I mean, that was yeah. just, just, just amazing. Of course, you won game seven. Did you guys lead the whole game in game seven? Uh, they actually took the lead, I think, in the first inning, and then we came right back. I think Freeze got a double to left center and tied it right away. Um, but, yeah, they, they, I think they jumped out to the lead, and then we tied it, and then we kind of pushed away. Yeah. Freeze was great, man. That was, he, was, he was a legend for those, for those, uh, yeah. those, those couple of days. Hey, listen, uh, thanks so much for your input. Love hearing you on Sirius XM MLB Radio, but even like having you on our show even more. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, buddy. All right, Matt Holiday joining us, seven-time uh, All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger. Let's bring in Dan Byer. Dan, Dan's like, why doesn't America want to watch the Brewers? Everybody should want to watch the Brewers. <laughs> Absolutely. Feel-good team. Why not? The uh, Yeah, Brewers playing some good baseball. So baseball this afternoon, White Sox and Twins playing a doubleheader. I'm not sure if you could call what the White Sox are doing as good baseball or maybe even baseball, but they do have a 2-0 lead on the Twinkies in game one of a doubleheader heading to the bottom of the sixth inning. Some good news for the Giants. Winners of their last three. They get Madison Bumgarner back tonight, making his season debut against the Diamondbacks as Bumgarner comes back from a broken finger. Diamondbacks right now in first place in the NL West, a game up on the Rockies. Delaware Governor John Carney placed the first legal sports bet in the state today, wagering 10 bucks on the Phillies to beat the Cubs tonight. 
at the French Open. Americans Madison Keys and Sloan Stevens won their quarterfinal matches. They'll face off in the semifinals. Men's 20th seed Novak Djokovic lost in this quarterfinal match, so he is out of the French Open. And Game 3 of the NBA Finals is tomorrow. Cavaliers head coach Ty Lue says he'll give Rodney Hood some more minutes after he's hardly played in these NBA Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals as well. Back to you, Doug. Um... Was, uh, so who is in the French Open, right? Feels like all the big names have lost already. Yes. Um, well, Novak well, Djokovic being ousted today. Nadal is still there. But it's good for the uh, on the women's side of things that uh, Madison Keys and Sloane Stevens won because now it guarantees an American to be in the French Open final. Hmm. That is that is that is big. Usually we're not we're not great at the French. Of course, um, of course with. Uh, with Nadal still playing, I mean he's he, him and Bjorn Borg, right? Greatest greatest clay court players ever, ever. And I think that even he has surpassed. It is a weird the goat discussion with with tennis seems to change all the time. Like oh well now Roger's the goat. Wait Nadal's the goat. By the way, the crazy thing about it is Djokovic actually has the best record against the other three top tennis players in this incredible generation. Like he's gotten the best of. Of Federer, he's gotten the best of Nadal and uh, and of Andy Murray, and yet because he doesn't have as many major titles, he's not considered in their yeah. you know in their all time great. I, I think what's amazing is he thought that there was going to be this time where I at least I thought when he was going to dominate. Yes, because yeah. of the age of Federer and Nadal, that you thought okay they're they're winding down. Nadal has had knee injuries, but now Djokovic has been the one bitten by the injury bug, where Nadal and Federer are. Still having success. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're Federer. We thought he was washed. We thought once yeah. you get to 30, he, he'd be washed. Great stuff, as always, Dan. Dan Byer, rejoin us in a second. Cars are a lot like sports. You got to have the right tools. You want to go far. Luckily, AutoZone is a free loan and tool program with over 100 specialty tools to get the job done right. Stop in today. Deposit is required. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Did the refs get it right or wrong? Now you'll know in real time. I'll explain next. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, tomorrow we will get you ready for the NBA Finals. Today we will get you completely updated on the day in sports. The Press. What do you got, Dan Byer? Well, let's kind of continue some of the conversations that we've had in the last, I don't know, 30 to 60 minutes or so. On the French Open, I mentioned Madison Keys and Sloan Stevens winning their quarterfinal matches to face off in the semifinals. They played in the U.S. Open final last year. Now, I'm going to open this to all of you. In 2005 was the last time that a an American woman that wasn't a Williams sister, made it into a Grand Slam final. Do you know who that was? 2005? Yes. Otherwise, the only American women's, prior to last year's U.S. Open final, the only American women to make a Grand Slam final was either Venus or Serena. So 2005 was the last. Do you, Any idea? Um, you'll, you'll kick Kim, yourself once you, you was hear Kim it. Was Kim Kleister? No. I was think she, she was, was from she... Belgium. Mary Pierce? It was Lindsay Davenport. Lindsay Davenport. Yes. Blast Lindsay from the Davenport. past. Yeah. Wow. How about Lindsay that? Davenport. I have a funny side story. What's the Swiss miss's name? Um, Martina Hingis. Martina, oh, yeah. Martina yeah. Hingis. Martina Good job, Hingis. John. She hit on me. Really? Yes. Yep. Yep. Where was this? <laughs> uh, the ESPN 25 party. 
is when ESPN is 25th anniversary. I did a show with Chuck Wilson from the ESPN Zone in New York, now defunct ESPN Zone New York. And we had, I mean, we started out the show with with uh, uh, Ozzy Smith, the King and the Wizard, Richard Petty and Ozzy Smith, and it was just star after star after star. And she, like, we went to break, and she hung out during the break, and she was clearly hitting on me. It was, I mean, it was flattering. She's really she's incredible blue eyes. Flattering, a little uncomfortable. Um, and I, I was married at the time, happily did not, obviously, uh, return any feeling. You did not return serve. Yeah, I did, I did not return serve, <laughs> yes. But I, I waved at the serve and said, hey, that was good, that was good serve. Anyway. It, it was not a love-love situation. It was not the case. No. Um, and as you were talking about with Matt Holiday, yes, Dodgers and Angels are now going to play that Sunday night game so the Yankees don't have to on July 8th so they can get some rest before that doubleheader with oh, the Oh, they Orioles. get a nap. That's good. They need naps. <laughs> hey, the XFL has a new commissioner. It's Oliver Luck who's leaving the NCAA. Of course, Oliver Luck. Former college quarterback, college AD, working for the NCAA, and yes, father of Andrew Luck. And uh, they've already said that you're, they respect the flag, you're going to stand. Like, they just like, hey, we're just starting right there. Which, I don't know why that's a big thing. Get 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 reasonable football. Don't have joke football like you had last time. Some people will watch. Next week, Doug, the Washington Redskins replacement players from the 1987 strike will receive a Super Bowl ring from their Super Bowl 22 victory over the Broncos. The replace, replacement players went 3-0 and on their games during the 1987 strike, helping the Redskins to an 11-4 and regular season mark. Will there be a, will there be a scab on their, um, remember they were oh, called scabs? Oh, yes. They were called scabs. I went to a game. I went to a Rams game. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you name who was the what? What you went to a, what, a Green Bay Packers yeah, a, game? Yeah, Packers Lions. <laughs> and I re, I remember Alan Risher was the quarterback, and I believe Tony Zendejas was the kicker. Hmm. I wonder who the Redskins quarterback was. Do you have any idea? No, but they did a thirty for thirty on it uh, within like the last year or so about those replacement players. Uh, it's um. Kevin Tony Robinson. Tony Robinson oh, was there. Sure. Was there? Uh, was there? That's what I said. Tony Robinson, who played at Tennessee, he had no touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, as starting quarterback for the Scab Redskins. No, not Peterman. Peterson. The Redskins beat the Cowboys on a Monday night game when a lot of the Cowboys were back from the strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, part of that history. Um, guess who's back in New England? Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady taking part in Patriots mandatory minicamp today. Yeah, I, I, there's much ado about nothing. Gronk wants more money. Brady wants to spend more time with his family. Both will be there when they have to be there. They'll still win the AFC East. Wake me up when this becomes a story. The NBA – oh, I'm sorry. What was that? Thank you. The NBA Referees Association announced they will be live-tweeting Game 3 of the NBA Finals tomorrow, reacting real-time to the calls made on the court. That Twitter handle is at OfficialNBARefs. This sounds like a good idea, which is, without any question, going to go wrong, right? <laughs> When has tweeting something ever fixed anything? Like, oh, no, no. We'll tweet it in real time. It'll be fine. Good luck with that. Good news for ABC. They won the nights that the NBA Finals were on TV over the other networks. The bad news is ratings down from a year ago. Nielsen ratings show that Game 2 on Sunday drew 18.5 million viewers compared to 19.7 last year. As for Thursday's Game 1, 18.7 million watched in 2017, just 17.4 million this past Thursday. This is why the, the idea the refs wanted the Warriors to win is so stupid, right? If they wanted more people to win, watch, 
then they should have helped the Cavs win, which they could have had they simply made a free throw or known time and score or called a timeout. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. I broke some sports business news, which nobody else has has broken uh, a couple days ago. Puma is going to assign a couple of the big players in the draft, I'm told. I'm told DeAndre Ayton, they're hot on the trail of uh, Marvin Bagley. They're going to offer, it's like $3.6 million over three years or four years. And um, Trey Young as well. Puma getting back in the game. Last big-time NBA draft pick to sign with Puma? Vince Carter. Vince Carter. This is Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.